Hey, what's going on? This is Billy Newman, and I'm here with Robert Biscarette. We're recording the Get Out There podcast. How you doing, Robert? Hey, I'm doing good, Billy. How are you? It's cool, man. I'm doing good up here. And uh, yeah, thanks for calling in tonight. Recording episode four of the Get Out There podcast. It's kind of cool, man. I like, uh, I like doing this. It is. Yeah, it's been a great time. Um, how are you liking this rain? Oh, man. It was kind of, well, you know, it was weird. Because so today for part of it, it was all right. Like I was getting through the day. And then the last half of it, it was just like a ton of rain. How was it down yeah. in Southern Oregon? Uh, man, it was, uh, it was pretty good for most of the day. It's, uh, it started raining pretty heavily now. Um, I've actually been working out in, uh, in Northern California this last week. Oh, really? Um, so, I mean, the weather's been a little bit different, kind of getting outside of the valley. Typically a little bit more sunshine than we get here in the valley, but, uh, okay. but yeah, now that I'm back in the valley, it's raining. <laughs> <laughs> were you, were you out past the Siskiyous over there? in that part of Northern California? Yeah. Yeah. Up there in the Hill area. Oh, I, I've been out in the Hill area a couple of times. Yeah. I think yeah. I, I went out there with Tyler once to the, to the Buddhist temple. Have oh, you been out okay. there before? No. As far as I knew, all that existed, there was a liquor store. Well, the liquor store, I mean, that's what's in Hill, but I think, um, <laughs> yeah, that build a town around that all star liquor at the on the freeway exit, not where you would see a Buddhist temple. But no, there's a, I think there's a road. It's it's whatever that first exit is. Once you get over the Siskiyous and into California, as you come back down that backside, that first exit. It might not be okay. hill, but it was right right there, right in that area. You take that and uh, and you cut back west uh, along along the ridge of the the south line of the mountains and you go back a little ways and you kind of cut up a bit and it's like nowheresville out there there's just like there's like a couple like ghost town areas out there it looks like in like a, an old uh <laughs> like one of those uh kind of short railroad sections like where they would stack up cars something like that yeah but then yeah you, you just turn there you go up into the woods a little further and you end up at this pretty impressive buddhist temple like it's been there for really? years. Yeah, I guess like that the Ashland hippies kind of bought it and set it up and <laughs> you know get like, I was going to say is that a hot spot like that that weird 150 miles between Reading and Ashland <laughs> that nobody lives in? Is that just like a I think it's uh it's for its tranquility. Site. Okay. <laughs> it's uh and uh, it's but oh, it's it's intense. A... Like you go up there, I think uh we took taken pictures of it before but the, they like have all the Buddhist flags that fly uh you know, like on the on the side of the hills that you can watch. It's kind of, it's kind of cool. It's like a pretty impressive structure that they build out there. Like it looks like an ornate Chinese building. And then lower yeah. down, there's like these columns that are all painted red with like you know ornate symbols on them, and they like spin in this like pretty big like drum system that goes. And there's like twelve of them, and they like all spin as you go into this temple. Wow, it's that's nuts. pretty yeah. crazy. I mean, a, yeah. It's a pretty heavy duty temple for just out in the back country in the of Ashland. Of nowhere. <laughs> Have you been out there much? Like out into some of the stuff in the Siskiyous? No, not really. I mean, uh, you, you and I did uh, kind of on point with this podcast, but uh, we did we did that hike up Pilot Rock. Oh, for um, real? Yeah, I was thinking yeah. about that. That is up there. Yeah, I mean that's that's really like, uh, and I mean, other than snowboarding up on Mount Ashland, that's kind of. Uh, my only experience with that area. Yeah, that's right. You know, the Siskiyous is one I want to get into more. Like Pilot Rock is cool. I think of I think of Pilot Rock more 
as like something of Eastern Oregon or more like uh, table rock, you know, when you think of kind of the, yeah. the, that side of it. But I remember hiking pilot rock with you. That was like late last week of July, 2008. I remember gas was 525 a gallon. Oh my God. Yeah. It was like 550 a gallon when you went over to Ashland. It was unbelievable. Isn't that when, isn't that when Tyler uh, hit that rock in his, in oh, his yeah. Camry hatchback? And uh, oh yeah, ended up punching that hole in his oil pan, <laughs> or it was his transmission pan. Oh man, that's what it was. He was leaking transmission fluid everywhere. Uh, <laughs> I remember that <laughs> night there was thought that like it might be the end of the Camry, and then he got I it know. back. But yeah, that was I remember that. Yeah, like the the whole drive back, like loaded down with people, and it, yeah, it just I guess so it dripped out over the the trip. But yeah, it's too bad. I remember Dawson came with us on that. That trip. was Dawson that. Uh, that turned us on to that. For those of you that may be listening, um, <laughs> <laughs> Dawson was our was our high school English teacher and uh, still still a, a good friend to this day. Um, Solid dude. But uh, yeah, he he took us out there, showed us showed us around the area, and uh, ended up being a great hike. I recommend it to anybody that has access to that area. Yeah, it is a it's kind of a challenging hike, and sometimes I mean, there's there's a little part you know you gotta you gotta kind of get up up and over. He- Just- <laughs> You just you just gotta you just gotta get up and over it. In the words of Dawson. <laughs> <laughs> but there's a couple challenging spots on that hike. I remember getting there thinking like, oh, this is like thirty percent rock climbing. Or like not, not in no. not in uh like actual doing, but like in difficulty sometimes it's like this grade is steep. This is like crumbly rock that's coming around. But it was a fun well, yeah, hike, it was it's, cool. It's not someplace you would take like your your little kids. Um, but I mean, any, any able-bodied individuals would, would be able to get up there and, you know, yeah, and do it, do it. All right. I remember the, uh, the, the, the geocache that was up there at the summit. I don't know. Uh, I never was able to kind of like do that with you guys. In fact, that whole geocache movement passed right by me, just kind of like the whole <laughs> Pokemon movement, just two, two major things that just never affected my life in any way i hear you the geocaching i hope a little different than uh than pokemon but uh but i remember we found it up we weren't looking for it but it was on that hike when we were there at the summit i think it was like one of those things that was uh challenging enough to get up there that it was sort of obvious where it was located Mm -hmm. but yeah there was a there's just a geocache at the summit point of pilot rock it was like i don't know some little film canister to kind of sign your name but i think one of the guys we were with pulled it out I was like hey look i found this geocache stashed up here let's sign it and i remember we like stashed it up there again just kind um, of a silly memory have i ever taken you to the cave up out of uh waters creek area you did one time yeah okay nice i'm not going to go into great detail about that because that's kind of like a uh yeah i get just that. A, a special a special place but uh yeah that's kind of neat that little peanut butter jar there with uh it's been in that cave for 17 years. Well, wow. boy, more than that, it was 17 years when I took you. So probably 20 years now. Oh, um, yeah. Yeah. And only one other person assigned it. That is nuts. Wow. Isn't that pretty? It's yeah. like, yeah, it's a place that people <laughs> don't find too often. <laughs> yeah. I think about that, like how, how few times people have been in some areas or you know how many years it takes before someone gets back to that spot. <laughs> well, yeah, you ever wonder that when you get rid of, really out into remote places? And I thought about this a lot when I was firefighting. Um, oh, yeah. You know, you get out into those areas and you're, you know, you're 10, 12 miles out into it looking for a lightning strike. And wow. it just kind of dawns on you 
when was the last time that anybody was out here? You know, yeah. like, I mean, how many hundreds of years ago did somebody potentially walk along this area? Yeah, it would have been so long ago. Yeah, or, you know, I just mean, like it's the, just, the likelihood of just, it happening, the frequency. Yeah, I mean, what what is what's the likelihood of somebody being up on this ridge at, you know, I don't know, seven thousand feet out in the Siskiyous? Right. Yeah. It's just kind of like I don't know. Yeah, that's like deep wilderness. Like this, you know. Yeah. It might not. I mean, really you could, have ever been. Yeah, I mean, yeah, that's what I mean. You could probably count the people throughout history that have taken that path that you're walking on, probably on one hand. <laughs> yeah, the, the, I got to think about that, that there's really some super remote areas. I mean, even still out here in, in Oregon and Southern Oregon, especially like some of it's still kind of the frontier, it feels like. like oh, very much so. You know, yeah, it feels like what's left to the frontier in the, in the 21st century. Uh, yeah, there are some some pretty significant locations of wilderness or stretches of wilderness out there that uh, I guess, yeah, like just don't have a lot of people moving through it at all. Well, and honestly, that's what that's what keeps me in this area. I mean, oh uh, yeah, absolutely. It definitely is an economy, um, but it's it's just kind of that unexplored wilderness and what the area has to offer. As far as I don't know. No, it's really cool. All I think of, about that and how much I miss it now that I'm up here, uh, still in Eugene, still with a lot of nature around me. I mean, gosh, there's like so much of the Mackenzie yeah. and the Willamette wilderness to go into. But I think back to just like behind our high school you know if we if we just wanted to skip class and go up behind the school it was like this awesome mountain road that would go up you know into this like crazy endless maze of mountains that goes like deep into southern or northern california it's just that's it like that whole like mountain range just started right there and that was just like mountains and wilderness back for for miles and miles out into the next state i know and you always just kind of like oh yeah whatever's behind the mountain but then you start thinking about what's behind the mountain you just go Oh wait, this is it for a long, long ways. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, and we're lucky. I mean, a lot of people don't have that. Oh yeah, don't absolutely. Have that you know, and they'll never be able to experience that. Yeah, I think uh, I think some of that stuff of doing things where you're removed from from a population for a long time is is really cool. Like something where you you really feel like you get back. Not back to nature so much. I mean, I always have like some kind of technology. Like I always bring cameras and stuff. Like when I'm going out, mm-hmm. so I understand. Like it's not uh, a naturalist's approach. Uh, maybe it's not what I mean, but just the kind of the thing of preparing yeah. yourself as a person, having all your equipment, or you know, having your gear, having some mm-hmm. steadiness to you, and then going out away from people for a while. I always think that's a really cool yeah. thing to do. I did too. I want to do more backpacking stuff with you. And uh, so, kind summer. of on point. Yeah. So that's that's what I was getting to. Um, oh yeah, kind of on point with people that may not have that opportunity. Um, I want to talk to you, Billy. Oh, do it. Um, maybe some good opportunities, places to go hike. I know that you've hiked in not only the Lower Road, um, but I don't want to get too hung up on that. I think we've focused on that a little bit. Oh and, yeah. Um, the whole world. And I, I I would like to touch on it, but uh, but there's so much more out there beyond yeah, that definitely. area and that wilderness. And so I want to talk to you about. Um, I know you did uh, a hiking trip through the Wallows, and that's up in uh, kind of northeastern Oregon. Yeah, and, no, that's a great spot. Yeah, and I kind of wanted to hear your take on that. Man, I really want to get you up there. In fact, actually, that's one of the spots that we should plan on, on going this summer if we're able to uh, make a couple trips out to some spots together. But the Wallows is awesome. Really? Yeah, I've, I've, I've heard nothing but... Uh... Oh, okay, so actually, here's kind of an interesting anecdote. Um, uh, today I learned 
that Wallawa, and I'm assuming it's spent, spelt the same way. Um, I was listening to an Alaskan um, okay. hunter kind of, uh, you know, telling stories about his hunting situations. And he was telling me that a Willowa, which was spelt W-I-L-L-O-W-A, which is the same way as the Wallawa is correct. I, well, there's an A in there, but but real close. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah, right. There. Um, so, so maybe I'm maybe I am confused. But he was saying that what it is is unpredictable winds, winds that are constantly changing. So if you're oh. out there hunting and stalking an animal, a uh, willowa, um, I believe that's how you pronounced it, will will potentially give your scent away. Oh, interesting. And, and I'm wondering if maybe the shape of those canyons and and mountain ranges don't don't create some maybe uh unpredictable winds that'd be interesting i wonder if that's where the the etymology comes from i remember yeah so that area is really cool i want to get you there it's um it's one of the only glacially formed areas uh Mm -hmm. in oregon like it's sort of getting into some of the stuff that we see a little further north when we get up to glacier national park or yeah up further into to um to Canada and into the Columbia range. In fact, if you look at a, at a wide map of the Northwest, you can kind of see the, the terrain, how it sort of uh, comes down from uh, the, the Rocky Mountains, if you kind of trace that up into Canada and up into yeah. the Columbia range, as that kind of comes down, this is sort of the westernmost edge of, of some of the mountains that would be down on the, the edge of the panhandle of Idaho that go up into Columbia and then, and then some of the stuff that goes uh, further east over to the Colorados, but it's not really connected, but it's like one of the last things that's over there. And it is really an unusual piece of land for that area. Uh-huh. Like you've been over into Eastern Oregon plenty of times, everything around there, like Pendleton, Legrand, everything up into Washington, it's all super flat grassland. It's just like rolling Hills for really a long yeah. while. Like you get down to the Ochicos or the blue mountains, there's, there's terrain out there. But it's really not mm-hmm. like the Wallowa Mountains. And so um, I think the Wallowa Mountains used to be in Nez Pierce, uh, uh, like an Indian city state. Or I don't know if that's what okay. it would be. But it was like a, it was kind of like a, like a section of the Nez Pierce tribe that stretched up into Washington and Idaho and Montana. Uh, and I think they, they had like one of their last outposts there in like the Oregon American or Oregon Native American Indian Wars. Back in the eighteen seventies, oh. something like that. That's that all we're was, like. Uh, that was big here in Southern Oregon too, during the eighteen fifties. Yeah, I bet it probably was everywhere. But that's where we get um, Chief Joseph and the town yeah. of Joseph up there. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and so uh, so Joseph is that small town that's right outside of the Wallowas. And uh, when we went there, I think the first time I went there, I did a solo backpacking trip. I'd gone there with my dad when I was a kid, but. Um, when I, when I got to the point, I was on that trip doing, uh, doing that photo trip back in 2011, it was fall kind of like, uh, mid late September. It was really a nice time yeah. of the year to go though. I was worried about doing Alpine hiking, uh, as it was getting like later into September. Mm-hmm. Cause I really didn't want to get caught in a freeze cause I didn't have the equipment for it. But I got to Joseph, I parked the Camry, I set everything up, I had the backpack and like a couple days worth of, of supplies. And I took off, I think I did nine miles up to a spot called Ice Lake. So it was about four miles in up a canyon that was uh, a pretty, pretty easy grade. Mm-hmm. And then it was another like four miles of switchbacks. They get you up oh, to, yeah. Every hiker loves the switchbacks. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah, yeah, it's uh, it's a lot of switchbacks. It breaks it up well, but uh, but yeah, it's a pretty it's a pretty steep incline. Like you do you do most of the canyon, and then you really just have to get up the side of this hill for a long mm-hmm. time. But it's really rewarding. You get up there, you get to this. Uh, this I mean, have you done? Well, yeah, you ha- you probably have definitely in uh, in some of the firefighting stuff that you did, but probably in a lot of the other backpacking stuff you might have done. I was wondering if you'd been up to much of like that alpine level or that the alpine lakes, that sort of atmosphere yeah. and terrain. Yeah, something I want to talk to you about a little later is uh, my experience down in the Kings Canyon near uh, Sequoia National Park. Oh yeah, I want to break that down with you in a bit. But yeah, that yeah. that's a cool area, and so yeah, you know like what it's like when you get up above the tree line, and you're in those uh, those snow melt uh, lakes that show up kind of high in those those areas in the mountains there. But it's really cool because in the Wallowas, probably like what you found in other areas where you've gone backpacking too. But in the Wallowas, surprisingly for as naturally beautiful as they are they're really underpopulated i think they've gotten a lot yes. more popular recently but it was so cool because when i was there in september i was the only person at this lake like, oh i absolutely believe it yeah so you, just that kind of uh um, the, the amount of solitude that you get i mean i think i saw one other person walk through uh a day later uh, well What's so cool about that is when you get out to these remote areas, what you've done is you've eliminated about 95% of the people that are willing to go off of the, the natural path. You know, they Absolutely. have the, the tourist center. You can drive your car up for there, there for the day, take some pictures, do things of that nature. But very few people are, A, going to find the time, or B, even have the willingness to really spend the time to actually get out there and explore and that's the beauty of doing these types of trips is you can really find that solitude and find yourself in situations where you haven't seen anybody for days on end. Yeah. And that's, that's what I really loved about it. No, it was amazing when I was up there. Cause that was, that was really the first experience I had of solo backpacking. That's a thing I yeah. recommend to, I mean, you, you probably done some other version of that before. I'd only, I'd not really done things like that uh, much before uh, that, but so completely solo, there was nobody else with you. The first time I went, I went backpacking up there. Yeah, it was, it was just me. Marina wasn't there uh, oh. for that part of the trip. So it was just me. And uh, man, I swear. Okay, so to break part of the story down, I got lost the first night. It was, <laughs> it was kind of bad. And it's probably the thing that I've made the most mistakes at in something related to the outdoors. Like closest to uh, a cascade of events that would have ended in where's billy <laughs> he's been gone for a <laughs> yeah, long right? time uh so yeah there's a there's a few points of that i got concerned it was late september i was walking up i had started because i had a drive to the Wallawas, and i yeah. got a map from uh from like the local spot i had to you know put in uh, a little permit thing it just said like this this is me. I'm going to be gone for these many days. It's on so. My car. So did did you have to get a permit to go do that? Not really a permit, but you just. Um, but just kind of like a, a notification that you were going to be out there. Yeah, I think it's just oh, a little. Well, they would have found your body at some point. But. Yeah, at some point, it's like this guy was supposed to move his car last week. We should go. We should go look for him. <laughs> I think that's about all the signal that it gives you is like, oh. Oh, this guy was supposed to get his car a couple weeks ago. He's probably he was just hiking Ice Lake. He should have been back. (laughs) So I was going up there. I made it all the way up the straightaway. Like remember, if we if we imagine kind of an L shape, we were going up the canyon, or kind of up the draw with the creek. I I crossed the creek, and that's about the time that that the sun set. So okay, so it was already dark. I probably should have just stopped there. Right. So so now you've now you've uh, entered into water. Made yourself. saturated with 
water. Got the got the ankles uh, a little wet, and then uh, I cross yeah. over, and now it's dark, and I've just got the switchbacks as I rise forty five hundred feet in elevation to the top of the lake to get to. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so yeah, it's nice. easy, right? It's just like it's it's how you want to get set up for a long backpacking trip. It was kind of. Nice. I typically like to hit my switchbacks uh, at nightfall. After that's midnight, when I shoot for them, yeah, yeah, at the witching hour. <laughs> that's, a, that's the time that's time to go for it uh i've heard of people doing this before i had my little headlamp and stuff so i, I see i get going it's relatively easy is what i'm expecting what i had to deal with myself of all right like i'm going to stop if it gets weird like i'm not going to just like like scale across an escarpment of rock to get around somewhere to you know end up to, the, to whatever other side I, I was supposed to go to so I, I was just going to say like, all right, I'll stay on this easy trail. I can see it pretty well. It'll all be pretty regular. I'll just get up here and, you know, I'll, I'll finish when I do or when I can. And I'll try and make everything go easy. So I cruise up there. I do the switchbacks. I get to this zone. I cross uh, like another really small creek. It's just when you kind of leap over pretty much. But it's, uh, it was an area where like the, I guess the, the snow had come through and it made like a big drift. And then now there's like, uh, there's meltwater that's flowing through it. And what it had done was it had erased where the trail I was supposed to take was. Uh, <laughs> so there's this whole yeah. zone in front of me that was washed out. Uh, where and, there was and what time of the year was this again? You said this was uh, later in the fall. September 18th. It was a nice evening, okay. but it was cold out and it was dark out. And then this was the nuts thing. Okay. So I stopped there. Uh, and it's like dark out. There's no moon that night, really. But I had my headlamp yeah. on. I remember I had like Michael Jackson Thriller playing in the in the chest pocket of my iPod because <laughs> I was just hiding <laughs> by myself, right? I just had nothing to do, and I was, there's nobody yeah. around. And so I'm sitting there. I think I ate like a Cliff Bar. I had my uh, headlamp on, and I was just kind of poking around, and I kind of looked up, and then boom, whoa! Catch a spot of eyes over there, oh, 50 feet, good. 10 o'clock. What's that? Eyes? Wait, what's good. that? 12 o'clock Lion, lions like michael jack <laughs> another set of eyes at 12 o'clock and then so i'm looking out and you're like whose eyes are these <laughs> these look like big eyes like they're not like really tight together you know when you see a cat or something like that but it's, yeah yeah something predatory yeah it's hard it's hard in a way so what they had told me is that there was no bears there's no wolves up there there's some uh, wolves but really but really no wolves but there's like there's like sheep i guess which I really oh, don't okay. want to run to at night either, but yeah, it's yeah. better news than the other things. So I was just really banking that they weren't interested in me. <laughs> but you just look down the hill and you just see, or maybe deer, I guess. But you just look down the hill and you see like these little yellow eyes looking at you. And you go, oh god, <laughs> this is great, <laughs> especially for your first time when it's like this is this is not not the the type of thing you want to get into. But I ended up losing the trail right there. But it was confusing because I had this map in front of me and I was standing at the creek. And so what the map uh -huh. showed was, well, the, the trail is just to the south of this creek. So if we just cross, okay. if we're at the, the, the trail and we just cross the creek to the, to the south side, the trail will be right there. I'm, a, I'm assuming it's running east to west. Yeah, let's say, yeah, east to west pretty okay. much, yeah. And so I hop, over, uh, I hop over this little creek, but there's no trail over there. And so I'm like, oh, well, it's got to be just like a little further over here and a little bit up here. And so I kind of like cruise back and forth. I was trying to find this trail. I couldn't find the trail. So I was like, oh, this is weird. So I ended up getting myself into kind of this weird spot where I was sort of like up higher and in this rocky area where like, because there's really like nowhere flat to camp by that point where I was at. Because you're just going up this hill, right? 
Yeah. So I just like laid out the, the stuff there and I just like crashed until morning where I could see where I was. I was like 10 feet from this like really big drop off <laughs> that I had no idea was there. But yeah, I woke up that, that morning just kind of wedged between these like two little trees on what was the, the least of a slope. <laughs> just okay. kind of trying to hold myself in between these little rocks so I don't kind of roll down in my sleeping bag at night. But I woke up the next morning and then I found out like, oh, okay, this was a fake creek that wasn't even on the map. And I was supposed to look at this other creek way over here and, and that's where the trail was. Okay. It was great. Yeah. But that was most of it. When I got up finally to the lake, it was great. Everything else in the trip really went fantastic. There was no one up there at the lake. Uh, you just got to go around. It was super pristine water. Like really cool. Great to do photos at. That was really fun. Oh, and, yeah. Uh, and I decided when I was up there, I, I just should do two days. Like or I, sh I should add another day because I already did all the work to get up here. And that was kind of a yeah. pain in the ass. <laughs> so I thought like, well, I'll just, I'll just hang out here for another day. I got my food and I kind of rationed it out a little bit and I had a little extra stuff uh, that I could mm -hmm. cook up too. So I ended up just like split my meals up and spent more time up there. But yeah, man, that was one of the best trips that I've done because what I really like about backpacking, I don't want to hear your take on this, is uh, I like the exercise portion of, of like doing outdoor wilderness stuff. I think that's important. Man, there's a lot of work to do, and I've definitely done it. But what I what I dig, and as doing photography stuff, is I dig carrying my camera with me and the tripod, and I like getting out to stuff with, uh, and being able to take pictures of things that you know I normally don't get to see, just kind of around the the more pedestrian stuff around town. And so it's cool to get out to a spot and set up like a base camp. This is kind yeah. of the strategy I've liked a little bit. So there's a lot of trips like the Lower Rogue, what we were talking about earlier where it's just sort of 10 miles each day. You do that until you complete the circuit and then you're, you know, you're done with it. But I like it where it's a little more flexible where you go into the backcountry, you know, 10 or 12 miles or something like that. You set up a base camp and then you operate out of there with the resources that you brought in uh, for like a couple of days. Yeah. And that, that's been really fun for us to do. We've done that a couple of times, man. It made it, it made it a lot more comfortable to do. But you just get to you just get to familiarize yourself with that area of the outdoors, which I think is cool because it's tough when you just walk through a spot and then it's gone. You're like, oh man. Well, it's a lot like traveling, you know. Um, I I did not not the same type of backpacking, but I backpacked around Europe for a bit when I was in my early twenties, and um, you find that you go to all these cool places, but you only spend a day or two in those places. And when you leave, you realize that you never really utilized your time there and got to understand the area, sure, or the culture, yeah. or the people. And it's a lot like that with backpacking. When you're hiking for a destination, you kind of, in a sense, forget to enjoy the time that you're spending in that area. And you're focused on the pain and what you got to get through and the mental, you know, push through mentally and get through There's a lot of it. mental... Yeah. Yeah. And uh and sometimes you kind of forget about the beauty that you were just passing by and not to sound cliche, but it becomes that stop and smell the flowers situation quite literally. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know? And yeah. but don't get me wrong, there are those there are those great points where you find, you know, that beautiful little brook that's kind of cruising through the area and it's a great spot to take a nooner and, and eat an apple and sit there and put your feet in the water because they're so sore and and those are the little moments that you end up remembering yeah that's you know? the stuff i love about about that area and it, but, yeah, it's really cool but i would love to do something like that i've never actually had the opportunity um just kind of based on the hikes that i've chosen to do something like that where i've had the leeway to just say you know what we're gonna go in 
X amount of miles. We'll see what happens when we get there. We'll find a place we like. And, uh, you know, we'll find our tentative destination, set up a base camp there, and then explore the area. And I think that's a really cool approach to to backpacking because a lot of people, I think, take backpacking as, well, we're making the loop, we're doing the circuit, this is the trail. or sure, yeah. Yeah. There and, and back, so it's I, 40 miles, we got two days. Yeah, and so <laughs> I think uh, I'd like to do more of that, and I think I'd like to encourage more people to do things like that as well. It was, you know, it made it a lot easier for the first couple of times that I did it. And that's what I've done with the marina a few times. It's been super rewarding because you just, um, like, I guess a good example of this was the second time that we went up to the Wallawas. I went up to Ice Lake the first time. It's a smaller lake, uh -huh. really beautiful. You might have seen some pictures that I took of it. The next time yeah. we went up, we went uh, a little further down that canyon. So the, the first cutoff trail is up to Ice Lake. If you go further, there's... A whole number of other mountain lakes that there are trails to cut off to. I've, I've only explored really a very small percent of what there is to offer up here in the Wallawa Mountains. In fact, I've thought before I, if I could, I'd spend like 15 or 20 days up in the mountains like that, you know, and have like a uh -huh. cache or, or get get resources again one time, you know, go back to town and then yeah, yeah. back in. But I've only been to a couple little spots. So the second time, Marina and I both went and we went one leg further over to an area called the lake basin and this was cool because and this is what we should do maybe if we go up sometime because there's so many things to do in that area is we went yeah. up to the first lake we set up our campsite there and then from there there's there's kind of a a number of spoke trails that go off to different lakes that are further up in that chain so there's okay. like a like a number of lakes that are kind of connected all along these uh these glacially formed mountain ridges that look really dramatic and really steep as they kind of cut up along up to the top of this mountain that's all really just sort of one thing with these big gouges carved out of it from the the glacier flow but yeah uh, cool area up there well you know i've seen it in pictures and you know you you always know that pictures never really do the area justice <clears throat> um, oh yeah it's totally true but i mean even even from the pictures and okay so i i just do want to touch really quick not to get off topic oh yeah um but Billy, you and Marina both do something pretty awesome. I mean, you talk about packing a camera around a lot. I think uh, you should tell people that, um, you know, kind of what you guys do. I mean, you guys are photographers. That's, yeah. That's that's your hobby. That's your passion. And uh, I think photography all the time. Yeah, this outdoor exploration is just kind of like a a, a catalyst to what you guys love to do. That's and, uh, that's the way I remember seeing it. You know, I remember watching. I remember watching 127 hours. I was still in college. And yeah, I was right. like, man, I'm gonna set my Camry up with the $500 I'm able to scrap together over the summer, and I'm gonna go do some kind of thing. There was also another uh, photographer guy that I followed, and I liked I liked a lot of the images that he had. He he got like an old Land Rover, a Range Rover. Uh -huh. He got an old uh, Range Rover, like an old forum one, like a like a left hand drive one. Yeah, and uh, and like set that up with a like a tent and stuff, and did this whole circuit of national parks, uh, three parts of the West. And I was like, oh man, that is really cool. I want to do something like that. I want to go through. And I was just getting out of school. I wanted to, to like figure out a bunch of stuff about photography, which is what I was most interested in. And that's where I was like, man, I gotta figure out a way to travel for a long time and get a bunch of photographs taken at the same time. And that's when, yeah, that's how like Marina and I like first started doing more seriously some of the outdoor travel stuff that we got into. And I've been liking doing that. I mean, what? I guess it's like six years later of just that sort of stuff. But yeah, oh, man, we, you guys, you guys have uh, really put out some incredible.
incredible stuff too. Thanks, man. I appreciate it. I gotta, yeah. I gotta collect it more. I gotta put it out in, a, in another. Cool I mean, way. Uh, like all the art in our house is uh, is photography from the two of you. Oh yeah, man. Thank you. Well, thanks yeah. for uh, for putting up all our prints that we we drop off. Yeah, I mean, I don't I don't do it because I like you. I do it because it's good pictures. You know? <laughs> thanks, <laughs> That's Robert. What it comes down to yeah. No. And man, that was that was one thing I, I would always thought about is uh, is how cool some of these spots are that. Uh, that it seems like people don't really get to go to you know I've, that's the part of photography i've always been most fascinated with is that ability where uh as i see photography is sort of this this opportunity to go find the coolest looking thing in the world and try and capture it somehow and show other absolutely. people absolutely and so yeah. that's so part of that was kind of my draw my interest to to nature and to the outdoors where that's where i always think the coolest things are and so that's why you know i wanted to go out there and and do as many types of landscape photos as I could. Um, but backpacking, I mean, it really provides so many opportunities that are separate from what you get on that track, that tourist track of photos that you could go on if you were going to see yeah. natural places. Like the bison in Yellowstone. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you dri- <laughs> yeah, the drive-by bison in yeah. Yellowstone or yeah. um, you know, whatever, whatever that shot is in, uh, in Yosemite all very beautiful and i've taken those same pictures and they're great but backpacking is super interesting because it really makes the perspective different probably like how it is you know when when people go skiing or snowboarding or something you know you take the lift up to the top of the mountain and just that that work of getting to the top of the mountain you see such a different perspective on the landscape and it sometimes seems so much more dramatic and so that's something i wanted to touch on also is and and i'm not a photographer but i would have to imagine if you were just a photographer and let me know what you think about this. But you're a photographer, okay? And you're going to go photograph the Eiffel Tower. Okay, perfect. You're the 15,000th photographer to go take a professional photo of the Eiffel Tower. It, it doesn't have that much meaning to it, okay? It I mean, it's a beautiful happen, spot. Yeah. You've, you've taken a great picture. Excellent. But somebody else has done it. But That's true. I think when you get out there and you uh you really separate yourself from things that people are photographing and not just about photographs but you put in the work you put in the time the effort the planning and you get out to a a remote area you can find beauty in the simpler things because you can appreciate that and photography ends up being this uh this this expression of art right yeah that's what i try this this artistic expression yeah, And so I think a lot of that kind of pushes through in your guys' photography. And I mean, one that sticks out in my mind is you guys, you, you guys were shooting tin cans, you know, oh, um, yeah. out in the desert. And there's this, there's this picture of these cans lined up and it really just kind of captures a time far beyond us. You know, I mean, it feels like, it feels like 18, you know, 70. It does. It feel like we're that. running rampant. It does. And, <laughs> And but what's cool about that is you guys were living that moment, and that really is kind of what pushes through in that, and and you feel that through the picture because you guys were there, and and you being there and taking a picture of something that you guys thought was important, it really portrays to the person that's looking at that. Man, that's that's and a it, big part of it. I mean, like it is like uh, working on music or or doing a lot of other uh, types of creative expression it, it seems like so much of it probably like 10 years of it is just trying to figure out how to get through enough and try to figure out how to communicate or how to put the pieces together enough so that it, it tries to show something that seems important 
But yeah, I like that yeah. picture you're talking about, the one of the cans in uh, yeah. in Eastern California. Those are all cans that we found out there that had been, you know, and it, it looked nuts too because like at the tops of them, you could see where the, the can opener tool was used on them. Yeah, uh, the old church keys. They yeah. probably were from 1870. I had wondered about that. My, <laughs> you might know about it. My grandpa had told me years like <laughs> that you could uh, like tin cans would would kind of, I guess, what it would be oxidized or you know rust out back to the earth in about ten or fifteen years. Yeah, I wasn't sure if that was true or not, or like it, it would just be stuck out there forever. But yeah, it looked like they were old cans, like old old tin cans popped with a church key and left out there. Yeah, uh, a lot of those that I find. Um, I I always find myself out hunting or hiking and I find an old canned up or something. I end up searching through it. Um, a lot of times I'll find cans that are typically from like the, the early to mid sixties. That, you know, um, that makes sense. It seems like the construction of it, the way it's built, it's, it's like different than our modern one a lot of the time. Yeah. But yeah, I'd, I'd seen a few that seemed like they're around the sixties. I mean, they're so oxidized though. You, you'd swear they're from the beginning of time. <laughs> the beginning, you know? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> the Indians yeah. left them here. Exactly. <laughs> they yeah. dropped an arrowhead and this beer bottle. <laughs> this beer <can>. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, the Indians love their canned corn. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's pretty funny. But uh but that yeah, that's uh some of the some of that the backpacking stuff that I'd done. But you were saying you were in the King's Range? I wanted to hear yeah. a little bit about that. Yeah, it's down uh almost bordering uh the Sequoia National Forest. Um and it's about boy. This is just me throwing a number based on driving. Um, but it seemed like it was about 65, maybe 70 miles east of Fresno. Oh, that um, makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. And the reason we went down there is my cousin was getting married. And uh, as the only family member on the trip, um, Amber and I were able to go down and uh, witness their marriage with just a couple friends. And really it was kind of neat. They drew the permit for the area and um, they brought along a friend of a friend and then a friend of that friend. So really nobody knew anybody Oh wow! Um, okay. on this trip. And it became, it was a fantastic trip, but uh, I mean, such a place of grandeur. It was just, it was so beautiful. Um, but it was the Ray Lakes loop for anybody that may be interested in this. And if you are, I definitely suggest checking it out. And I really promote, uh, you know, putting yourself out there and trying it but uh it was it was cool it was uh i think it was 55 miles um that's a long trip that's like a good set of miles man yeah no and uh (laughs) i mean it was it was great and you know i've done i've done several hikes you know multi-day hikes but this was the first one that this was the first time i'd ever really been tested um you know, I mean, the first day we climbed like 6,500 feet, and that was the first day. That's um, significant. Yeah. And so, I mean, you know, everybody's pretty beat. And 6,500 feet isn't that bad when you don't have anything on your back. But it was just like the first day was like this quick little trail through the forest. It was pretty. And then before you know it, you're just like switchbacks for like four hours. Ugh. <laughs> you know, and you've got 45, 50 pounds on your back. Um, but anyway, we made base camp up just below the Alpine level. Uh, the mosquitoes were terrible. <laughs> terrible. <laughs> oh, man. But I mean, talk about the most pristine country. And I don't know if you've ever been to Fresno, but you're down there and you're just thinking to yourself, 
Um, or at least I was, you know. No, yeah, Pre- Fresno is um, maybe not the most pristine. He, yeah, I'm in, I'm in Fresno, <laughs> and they're like, yeah, it's just east of Fresno. And, uh, oh, great. I'm, I'm like, there is not National Park anywhere near here. <laughs> yeah. like, I saw pictures, and this is not what this place looked like. But, no, it was great. The first night, um, went up there, we made camp, uh, and, oh. Yeah, I think we were on the North Fork of the Kings River, as I believe what it was okay. called. And, oh my God, what an impressive river. Talk about an angry, pissed off river, man. This thing is just cruising. I mean, <laughs> like you go down to wash your face or fill your water bottle or something like that. I mean, in one one false move, man, you're gone. And that's the end of you. Like oh. that is That is not a river to play around in. For sure, yeah. Yeah, it's just like 50 miles of class five. <laughs> it's, just like, it's just nasty. Is this lower down or is this up into the hills like once you made the alpine level? Well, uh, so there's a, when you come into the Kings Canyon National Park area, there's there's a, a bunch of different stuff. or there, Excuse me, there's a bunch of different campsites or campgrounds, I should say, around the area. And there's the river kind of just meanders through there. And then you're always just kind of near the river. Um, you kind of, it's all like the, the Rogue River Trail where you kind of, you're near it and then you end up in the hills and then you come back near it. It's always nearby though. Oh, sure. Um, if you head downhill, you're going to find the river. Um, and so there was a lot of that. But uh, how many days did you guys take up here for the, for the 55 mile trip? We did five. Five. And then you guys were were pretty set doing what is that like about eleven miles a day? Yeah, uh we our first three days were our longest days. We sure. did like fifteen we did fifteen miles like the first three days. No, we did fifteen miles the first day, we did twelve the second day. Uh you know, but somewhere in that ballpark. Um but our last two days were our shorter days. Okay. Yeah, that's probably the way to do it, man. I remember being so exhausted up there. Do you remember? Uh, tell me. Well, it might be different for you. You guys are more healthy. I'm. <laughs> I remember going up there, and I remember craving these weird foods. I talked to some other oh, backpackers yeah. about this before too. Like, where you just like, like, oh my god, I just want this food so much right now. But I wanted to ask you if there's anything like that that came to mind. I got a couple of mine if if you need. You know, not really. I mean, what. <laughs> I mean, don't get me wrong. We all sat around like our Just little campfire, eating our like, you know. And and I'm gonna complain about mountain house meals, like, uh, like they're not good, but they're so much better than what you used to eat. Oh, like, absolutely! No. I mean, we're so spoiled. Like that's actually, I mean, that's just the that's like what we used to eat in college. You know, that was like yeah, home cooking. Absolutely, no, for real, for real. I'm pretty happy with a mountain house meal. Well, maybe not at home, but but man, when you're out, it like it really hits the spot. If you've been hiking 15 miles and you've done a 6,500 foot elevation gain, a mountain house meal, if it's beef stroganoff, it's gonna work. Oh, dude, <laughs> beef stroganoff! Beef stroganoff's the best meal. <laughs> That's and you know what? My biggest tip of advice is bring Tabasco or Tapatio with you. I don't care if you're a weight hound and you're worrying about all of those extra ounces in your backpack. Do yourself a favor. Get rid of a pair of socks and pack a bottle of Tabasco because, yeah, it yeah. just it 
it livens up the mouth. And also you can sell Tabasco to people while you're there because everybody else didn't think of it. <laughs> <laughs> Squirt a Tabasco, five bucks. <laughs> yeah, man. I'm telling you, everybody, everybody sees you pull it out and goes, oh, yeah, that's what I should have done. No, I think hot sauce was the thing that I was spicy was the thing that I was really missing the most like in succession after a number of days. Well, and so I, you know, I'm, I, I joke around and I give the mountain house meals a hard time. Um, but I mean, they really are good. I guess, oh, I are, guess yeah. the biggest thing is, is that you, they're all kind of on the same palate. Oh, it's totally true. I don't know how yeah. to yeah. say that. It's just, they're all kind of like the same level of flavor. Nothing like really, stands out they're all good <laughs> but i mean they're all just i mean it, it beats the hell out of an mre oh my gosh something. yeah MR, i had an mre a couple of times and man i did i didn't really enjoy the experience i'm way happier with the the freeze-dried stuff that yeah boiling water to now yeah but you know what you get hungry enough and it's all pretty good yeah i would totally believe that i, totally I remember when uh <laughs> i remember when amber moved into the house um i had this box of mountain house meals that i had for hiking and uh and like i don't know one night i came home from work and she's just eating one i'm like what are you doing she's like well i've been i've been eating these for dinner the last couple nights i'm like no it's like they're pretty no. good yeah I, I mean they are good it's, yeah but it's not when you just yeah, start eating all. them every day you need you need like something different like, no and that's where it's just nice to have that spice yeah it's, something to change it's totally it up. True. yeah yeah it's yeah. totally true um but man, I remember that. I remember I wanted cupcakes so bad. <laughs> but so what was it? What was it like out there in uh, the Kings Range? We're gonna wrap up in a minute, but uh, but yeah, what was it like out in the in the Kings Range zone? So, man, it was it was awesome. It was just such a beautiful area, and I've never really I've never actually been to any real national parks before. I've always just kind of been, um, you know, in our own backyard and type of thing. Yeah, I understand. Um, it's been out, but that was. That was my first experience, like really in just like, um, you know, some of those public lands that have just been preserved through conservation and it was fantastic, man. Um, so that was day one. Um, we played some dominoes, stuff like that, camped out. Um, but one of the coolest things that I was able to experience was, uh, (laughs) um, somebody brought, um, powdered Lipton tea. Okay. Okay. Fine. And uh, and vodka. <laughs> so you mix a little bit of this tea with water. You know, it makes your tea mix, and then sure. you know you mix a little vodka in, and then you've got the you've got cocktails up there at the alpine level. <laughs> and uh, and but you know what? It's so great at the end of a day. Oh um, man, I I'm sure it is. Yeah. Everybody just <laughs> relaxes and and. Uh, <laughs> It's not an excess because you can only ration so much a night. <laughs> but, <laughs> but no, man, it was it was great. But so that was day one. I mean, kind of the same thing. Day two, we did forty five hundred feet of elevation um, on day two, and that's when we got up above, like into that alpine level. Oh, and, sure, yeah. And what I found that was interesting is you actually you can't burn, um, you can't have fires up above the alpine line. Oh, okay. Or above the tree line, excuse me. I've heard of that because um, like erosion issues. 
Yeah, people were uh, just uprooting trees, you know, small trees, saplings, and things like that. And then people were just stripping the few trees around the area of firewood. So they just kind of established a no fire above the tree line rule. Um, so no fire that night. That was a cold night, uh, but we got by. You know, and that's the other thing too is your your body kind of goes into that um, biological clock mode where you're. Um, you're in bed when it's dark and you wake up when it's light. Yeah. That happened pretty quick for me when I was out getting used to it. Yeah. Yeah. Do you, do you notice how much better you feel when that happens? Yeah, absolutely. I do. It's just, uh, it's like your body actually feels, uh, you know, like it's being efficient. Yeah. I've noticed that before (laughs) Um, too. Yeah. But anyway, so we did that. Um, day three was the most impressive of all the days. And, that was when we went over Glen Pass. Um, so Glen Pass, the summit, is at 11,990 feet. Wow. Uh, and it was my first time actually being up into, like, glacial, uh, you know, areas. I don't know. Um, but we hiked up that day. We got into the snow. Um, I mean, there were, like, snow spots here and there on the hike up. But at this point, we, I think we did, like, another you know, 3000 feet in elevation that day. Um, but we really started getting up into the snow. It started snowing quite a bit. Um, and it was the first time that I've just like seen these glacial lakes and it was absolutely they're, they're so impressive. Yeah. They're really oh. beautiful. I know. I mean, the first time I saw one, I just had to stop and just kind of really take it into, take it into account of what I was seeing. Um, but so we get up there and we're, uh, for anybody that's not familiar with Glen Pass, if you get a chance, look it up, um, and try to find pictures of it in the late spring on a good snow year. Um, anyway, the week before they were actually requiring, uh, crampons. Oh, really? Um, and ice picks to go over. Wow. So, um, we had purchased all these things, but last minute we were told that we didn't need them. So, and by no means am I a mountaineer, you know, I love the outdoors and I'll take on about anything, but this, this was a little outside of my comfort zone. Yeah, I I understand. (laughs) But so we get up there and, uh, man, it was, it was just, it was crazy. You're looking at it and you're just going, all right, you know, one foot in front of the other, we're going to take this one step at a time. Cause honestly, by the time you're hitting the summit of that, of that pass, I mean, if you fell, you're on such a steep grade, like you're going all the way down the hill and you're going to be cartwheeling down. You're going to accelerate quick. It's just going to be way too much, way too fast. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, and we didn't have, uh, well, yeah, I guess, I mean, we had crampons, uh, we put them all on before we went over the pass. Um, but I mean, we all made it up. It took us about an hour and a half, I guess, just being careful and cautious. Wow. You're, you're moving very, very slow at this point. Yeah. Because, I mean, room for error is so marginal. Uh, so anyway, we get up there. Uh, it was like the last 15 feet was the most sketchy area that we encountered. And there was there was that point where you're just you're thinking to yourself, you're like, I can't do this. I can't do it. And uh at that point, you're way too committed to start thinking like that. <laughs> you oh, know? yeah, absolutely. That's the worst. I hate that <laughs> feeling. Yeah, I, I remember I was just like, hey, man, shut up. You are eight steps away from being done. Like, 
push through it. Let's go. And so, so we did it. And I mean, my biggest concern was Amber up there. You know, I, I know I how see. my footing is. And, yeah. And I've, I've had a heavy pack on my back before, but I wasn't sure how she was doing, but she did great. She killed it. Did a great job. No, that's awesome. That's really cool that you guys but, accomplished it too. That's awesome to like get up. There. Yeah. And you know what? We get to the top and we're all celebrating. Everybody's like so happy. We take some pictures and stuff. And then there's like this storm moving in. You can see, and when you're up at 12,000 feet, comes in fast in the Sierras. Yeah. You see these things coming off in the distance and you can see lightning and everything. <laughs> and, uh, and you can tell that it's moving towards you. And it's, and I mean, the very real situation of it is, is like, you need to get off that mountain. <laughs> yeah. I totally you know, get that. You don't want to hang out up there. So we decided to push off and uh, head downward. Um, at this point, we kind of realized that going down is probably worse than the way up. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's the same grade. Now you're just going downhill with all the weight on your back. Oh, my gosh. Um, are you guys going like straight down knees first? Or are, you, are you guys like backing down the mountain? Well, so you're backing down the mountain pretty much. You've got your... With your crampons, your, right? Yeah, you got well, your ass in the snow. Yeah. You've got your hiking poles, and and also before we went on this trip, I thought hiking poles were just for like old people and places. <laughs> Not true. They're so helpful. <laughs> they really are, man. I remember, you know, yeah. and you noticed this, I bet too. I, well, you guys are probably in better shape, but I noticed like just the my my ankles, like they just weren't in shape for four and a half straight day, or you know, thirty or forty miles of hiking, and they get fatigued, and you'd like you'd get closer to like losing it. But those hiking or the hiking poles, man, they just totally stabilized you. Yeah, they did. And honestly, it kind of makes you feel like, uh, like you got four wheel drive or something. You almost feel like a dog. Like <laughs> you can honestly though. I mean, and, and I was having problems with my back. I don't care how much you situate your pack and think about how it needs to be set up and things like that. Your pack always hurts you. You're just not used to it. Always does carrying yeah. that kind of weight around your hips and on your shoulders. It's totally true. And, uh, but the ability to use those hiking sticks is just kind of like something to take the weight off. Oh, sure. you know, something to lean forward with. I mean, that helped out immensely. And especially on the way down off of Glen Pass, um, I have kind of a pre-existing knee injury that I had happened to me snowboarding several years ago. And um, on the way down, it kind of uh, just kind of irritated that injury. And uh, nice. it actually became pretty serious and then it started raining and it started raining and raining and raining. And uh, I fell quite a bit behind and Amber was cold and I told her to go on, you know, I'd figure out where everybody was. And uh, so there was this big situation of separation between everybody. That's what uh, you want. <laughs> yeah. Amber, Amber waited up for me because, you know, I hurt my knee. Uh, um, and then, and then, uh, you know, somebody waited up for, oh, then my cousin waited up for Amber and then somebody waited up for Matt. And then, but anyway, it just ended up being this scattered group of people. And then we made our way into camp that night, which I won't get into detail, but that was a long, long situation trying to find where we're going to stay. <laughs> I had but, something similar to this too. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we set up camp that night and we experienced one of the most profound storms ever really um when you're up at that alpine level i mean everything is intensified like, like we're uh we got there and it was just dumping you know and we're tired and so we set up our tents as quick as we can trying to keep 
things as dry as we can, I guess. Sure. Get into the tents, get into dry clothes, get into sleeping bags, try to get your body temperature up again. Sure. And then, um, you know, weathered the storm for about three hours and then it, it broke and we came outside and it was beautiful and sunny and we all hung out and had a good time for about an hour and a half. And then the storm came back and we all went back to bed. Dark nightfall came. Perfect. Um, and I mean, just, <laughs> just the most intense storm came in and I've never experienced thunder and lightning like this. And I love thunder and lightning, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> this, this was to the point where you're like, okay, like, <laughs> yeah, right, we can, pack, can let up a little now. bit. <laughs> let us, let's let's yeah. get through this one. Yeah. I, I mean, it was, was, it it was at least six hours. Yeah. No, really? And yeah. And you see those, you see those pictures or like the, the video reel of like, uh, you know, all the lightning strikes in the distance and that purple cloud as it hits the desert, that picture, you know, you always see that, that sort of yeah. thing. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Or, or like, uh, or like, uh, mountaineers on Everest and they're huddled up in their tents and their tents just flapping around and it looks like it would just sail away if they weren't inside of it. Uh, yeah. I totally um, agree, yeah. yeah. It was, it was all of that, you know, and, <laughs> and you would lay there and the lightning would hit. And I mean, it was, this is no exaggeration. It was almost as, when the light was dissipating, the thunder would start. And I mean, it was so directly on top of us. Oh my gosh. It was just, uh, it was absolutely incredible. I, I, I was so happy to be able to experience that. Yeah. That sounds so cool. And then it yeah. passed and you guys got through the rest of the night. Was it, was the hike out after that? All right. Yeah. Uh, the next day we dealt with the rain yeah. all day. That was a long, tiring day. Um, we got into camp, same thing, soaking wet, get into whatever you have that's dry. And, uh, <laughs> you know, and I left my, I left my rain fly for my pack at home cause I didn't think I'd need it. Yeah. And, yeah. uh, ended up doing the trash bag thing. Okay. But yeah, anyway, uh, I mean the big morale booster for that was we spent about 45 minutes trying to get a fire going with everything we had. Finally, Amber came up with, a some sappy pine cones that were under oh, this rock perfect, overhang man. that hadn't been permeated by the water yet. And uh, we were able to get a fire going and getting a fire going when it's wet is not easy. Yeah. It's nuts. No, it's not. And I, and I've like, I've studied different ways of making fire and things you can do and different tenders you can use. And uh, man, when it comes down to it and you're actually shaking, cause you're kind of at that hypothermic stage. Yeah. And you're trying to just <laughs> rationalize what's best and how do I do this most efficiently? It's just never as easy as when you practiced it in your yard in the middle of summer. It's totally true. Yeah. You know? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I absolutely get it, man. So, <laughs> just yeah. stay there freezing. But anyway, yeah, I had a great fire. had a great time. Um, last day we hiked out and then we uh, all ended up going and getting pizza and hanging out that's the way to do it man uh, that Scores is the way to pizza. celebrate yeah. with a big meal <laughs> <laughs> man every time yeah I would, I would always go for a burger or a big spread of chinese oh, yeah. food you gotta oh, come yeah. back and just get like whatever <laughs> whatever it is you like needed real bad. well it was it was so funny too we're all like yeah i'm gonna order this and this and we get to the pizza place and each person there was like uh six or seven of us right and each of us ordered a large pizza <laughs> you know, like, like we're gonna eat the whole thing <laughs> and 
and then, and we ordered like like four milkshakes or something, and then like, nice, you know, you drink like a third of the milkshake, yeah, a third of like, it, uh... two slices of pizza, and you're like, I can't do anymore. Oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, man, that has. But we had to leftovers. Me. We had leftovers. <laughs> <laughs> Three different pizzas of leftovers. Man, that's a great story, Robert. Thanks for telling me the uh, that trip yeah. through the the Kings Range. There's a couple others I want to get to too. We got to break these up and uh, we'll stretch them out over a bunch of podcasts. It's a good thing we're I doing agree. a bunch, you know? <laughs> yeah. No, I, uh, yeah, like I talked about, there's uh, a couple things that this, this one actually brought up to me that I'll talk to you about later. And uh, maybe we'll be the next episode. Stay tuned, huh? <laughs> well, thanks, Robert. <laughs> thanks for doing this, uh, this podcast with me, man. We did, a, we did a solid hour. Got a couple good backpacking stories in. I think that was sweet. Yeah. Yeah, so, uh, so hey, maybe, I mean, uh, tentatively, um, we talked about these hiking trips we had, but what do you really bring on a hiking trip, huh? Oh, man, yeah. Uh, that might be a point of debate. I want to I talk to you about that stuff. Yeah, we should go in like a whole episode of like the gear we think, because I know you pack a heavier bag. You're used to it. I'm not. I'm, I'm scared of heavy packs. That's <laughs> what it comes down to. <laughs> they suck. <laughs> yeah, I try. I try and steer every. Well, because I, I also get stuck with like the tripod and the camera bag, which is like. See, that's true. You guys, you're, you're already ahead. Yeah. You know? it's, and and uh, not ahead, but I mean just ahead in weight. Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah. So that's where it's like. Bulk. Yeah, I try and I try and wrap that down a little bit. But, uh, but yeah, we should talk about that. I want to break down some of the different gear that, uh, that you're into for backpacking or for some of the outdoor stuff. I think that might yeah. be a good, uh, another good couple episodes to, to break out too. Absolutely. Man, that'd be pretty cool. I think we got some material. <laughs> well, thanks man for, uh, for, for mining so much good outdoors material, man. It's great. We got our feed up. It's on iTunes. You guys should uh, check it out, review it or rate it. If you end up hearing it, uh, that'd be great for us. But, uh, but hey. yeah, man. Thanks for doing it. Absolutely. Billy, yeah. um, so we talked about you and Marina doing your photos. Um, is there any better that people could go if they wanted to find your photos? Got to go to billynewmanphoto.com. You can go to at Billy Newman if you want to check out my Instagram page. All the photos make it up there. They make it up everywhere else too. You can find me at Twitter or Facebook or any of those things. But, uh, but yeah, man, the website, see my portfolio, all the photo stuff up there. Bunch of landscapes. <laughs> you might get it. It's good... beautiful stuff. Hey, <laughs> Thanks, Robert. I appreciate it. I have it. I have my house uh, shrouded in it. It's beautiful. Plastered in Billy's photos. I appreciate it, man. Well, Robert, That's, thank yeah. you very much for doing this podcast with me. Hey, anytime. Let's uh, let's do it again soon. Thanks for doing a long one with me too. I know we went a little over, but but it was great, man. I appreciate yeah. it. You know, we always set a time limit, but I'm never opposed to going over or under. You know, it, it's. Uh, I think it's all subject to conversation. Uh, I dig that, man. No, I like it. I think it's great. And, uh, you know, I mean, podcasts, they're built to go long, really. So it's not bad. But yeah, yeah. Robert, I really appreciate you doing this podcast. We got episode four out of the way coming into that, <laughs> that next stretch of uh, five through 10, man. So it'll be good. We got, we got the big growth, the big growth yeah. period of our podcast right there, man. So yeah, man. On behalf of Robert Biscarette, my name is Billy Newman. I want to say thank you guys very much for listening to this episode of the Get Out There podcast.